Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. It just destroys the brand because there's a lot wrong with Trump. But I don't want the discussion to be only on strategy. Strategy is important, but there's something else uh, that's also important, and that's the truth. And welcome back to another edition of Lions of Liberty. And uh, I got to be honest, I might actually still be a little hungover from last week's edition of Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. Always a good time. So be sure to click back in your podcast feed to give that one a listen if you miss it, because we had a good old Liberty Blast of a show. And you're going to have another Liberty Blast today, because I've got a couple Libertarian heavyweights who are about to go at it in just a minute. But first, I want to mention a couple things. First of all, this is the 332nd episode of this program the flagship original Lions of Liberty podcast. That means you can find today's show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 332. Of course, I'm not the only one here each and every week bringing you some hard-hitting and fun-loving Liberty times. I also got my man, Brian McWilliams, bringing you up-to-date current events and pop culture talk and some great interviews he's had lately, by the way, with Robin Kerner and Owen Benjamin. You have got to check out Electric Liberty Land every single Wednesday, as well as my man John Odermatt's weekly look at the broken criminal justice system every single Friday on Felony Friday. All the more reason to click on that subscribe button so you don't miss a damn thing. Speaking of not missing things, let's get to the show, huh? All right, folks, I've got a very special show for you today. We are going to have a little debate between two pretty well-known libertarians. We're going to discuss the topic of Donald Trump as it relates to libertarianism. And this is not the first time these two have discussed this subject. They have done so. Uh, They've done a couple rounds of this on the Tom Woods Show. But they're joining me here today to revisit the issue of Donald Trump and libertarianism after one whole year of the Donald Trump presidency. Uh, With that being said, I will now bring in the debaters. They have both been guests on this program before. First, he is the founder of a a couple websites, economicpolicyjournal.com, which focuses on uh, financial analysis and that sort of thing, as well as targetliberty.com, which focuses more on libertarian issues. He's also the host of The Robert Wenzel Show. I'm pleased to welcome back Mr. Robert Wenzel. Robert, are you ready to roar? Hey, Mark, I'm ready. I'm actually at the pacing stage just before the lion roars. <laughs> just walking back and forth and, and watch, looking at that, that juicy meat ready to come and be tossed in for you in the form of Walter Block. <laughs> I'm, I'm very anxious to see how Walter is going to defend his position today. It's- All right. Well, we don't have to waste any time to find out because... My next guest, his uh, Robert's debate opponent, as we've uh, alluded to here, he is a senior fellow at the Ludwig von Mises Institute, as well as a professor of economics at Loyola University, or I believe it's Social Justice University, as as Walter was telling us before the show, uh, in New Orleans. He is, of course, Professor Walter Block. Professor Block, are you ready to roar? I'm ready, uh, and thanks for having us. All right, well, I'm looking forward to this, gentlemen, and, uh, you know, we're still, now that we're all ready to roar here, you know, I know know you're both going to be pretty fired up on this one, and uh, we're going to debate basically the a resolved statement, and that statement is resolved. 
Donald Trump is a disaster for libertarianism. And speaking in favor of that statement will be Mr. Wenzel, and arguing in the negative will be Professor Block. So I want to start things off with a sort of a brief opening statement. I'm not going to set a timer here. Let's just try to keep it you know, relatively brief since we have plenty of time to dig further into the details as we go. But um, with that being said, why don't we take it away with Robert? Robert, why is Donald Trump a disaster? For libertarianism. Okay, I, I'll tell you, I think he is a total disaster. I classify him as a dumb statist, and there's absolutely no reason from a uh, ideological perspective or from a strategic or tactical perspective to support uh, Trump. From, uh, uh, from a policy perspective, he's terrible all around. He just named Jay Powell uh, as uh, Fed chairman, nominated him. And uh, Jay Powell is an investment banker. He reminds me most closely of G. William Miller, who was a, a Fed chairman under uh, Jimmy Carter, and we had inflation up to 15%. He's nominated Marvin Goodfriend as a member of the Fed board. Marvin Goodfriend is best known for advocating uh, negative tax, a negative interest rate on cash balances, which obviously is horrific. Uh, rumors now suggest that the vice chairman may be uh, John Williams, who is the San Francisco Fed president now, and he's in favor of higher targets for inflation. So, so we've got a guy that is just absolutely terrible as far as the Fed. It's not ending the Fed. It's making the Fed worse. Uh, on, on a military perspective, we've got arms going to Ukraine. We've got... Uh, Escalated military actions across a number of theaters. We don't even know where because they don't announce them all now. The uh, Trump administration is now supporting uh, Kurdish rebels, and they're talking about building a Saudi Kurdish uh, force, U.S. guided force of 30,000 on the Turkey border. Turkey's attacking uh, the, the Kurds right now as we speak, so we don't even know how much that's going to explode. Secretary of State Tillerson has called for the removal of Assad as, as a goal of the United States. And uh, it, it's just, just terrible across the board from a military perspective. Uh, Trump is terrible on trade. Uh, I, I consider his uh, tax cut, which, which is a minor tax cut, a scam because he's not cutting government spending. So it's just diverting the way government funds are, are taken from the uh, from the economy and it's not shrinking that at all. So it's it's hurting us, to, but in a more hidden way, it's it's typical kind of thing a uh, street hustler like Trump would do. He's terrible on uh, libel laws. And, and I know this from reading a book called uh, Defending the Undefendable. I've heard of that book. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's that, that was a low blow, Bob. <laughs> I, I, I haven't even started. Uh, he's, he's terrible on surveillance, uh, terrible on marijuana. We got sessions. Uh, letting his uh, attorneys go go loose on on that, and most alarming, it, it appears that he's going to be increasing the reasons for nuclear engagement. Now he's not even talking about first strike engagement; he's talking about nuclear engagement for non-nuclear uh, uh, events occurring around the globe. Just absolute, absolutely horrific. We've got ice raids going on, which. Uh, they're talking about arresting lo local uh, authorities who, who sort of get in the way of the ice raids and things like that, which, of course, is Lincolnism. It's what led to the uh, Civil War. 
just, just, just terrible, terrible things there. Now I want to take a step. That, that's just, just what he's terrible on. And I find very little, maybe transgender bathrooms. Maybe he's good on transgender bathrooms. Although I don't think that should be a federal question at all. But what we have to do is look at a politician with regard to what he should be from an anarcho-capitalist perspective. And from an anarcho-capitalist perspective, a politician is a tool. He either somehow advances uh, libertarian positions for us on specific issues, uh, issues which are very, very important, or he gives us an entree to uh, be able to broadcast the uh, libertarian message to, to a larger audience. And by supporting Trump, uh, especially Rothbardians, it's, it's doing the exact opposite, because what we've got is we're losing the kids, so there's no reason to align. Murray Rothbard, uh, in his uh, unpublished strategy um, memo, made, made it very, very clear that the, the kids are very, very important in that those are the people we need to aim at to create sort of a libertarian revolution, and we're losing them. If you go to the Murray Rothbard page, you Google Murray Rothbard now, there are two pages that talk about Murray as a racist, which I don't, I, I don't, I don't think Murray was a racist, and it's not important whether Trump is, but they're tying it in, and the kids are going to buy this kind of nonsense. Okay, so what you've got is is people lefty libertarians. So this this support for Trump hurts Rothbardians the most because lefty libertarians are sort of tying in this this racist thing, whether he is or not. It doesn't matter. The kids go to Google Murray Rothbard, they hear about him, and they see this racist stuff. And what they um, what they what they're getting is this this trend where where Murray wrote a uh, a paper on on David Duke, which the left either distorts or doesn't understand because Murray wasn't supporting David Duke; he was supporting a challenge to the establishment, and he ended that article uh, calling for all kinds of libertarian uh, policies to be adopted. Uh, but they go from David Duke to Pat Buchanan. Now Murray clearly supported Pat Buchanan because of his war position which was anti-war, anti-empire, and Trump is going in the exact opposite direction. So they tie Duke, Buchanan, and now they say, hey, the Rothbardians are supporting Trump. But that, that is just, uh, we, we could end this sort of idea that we are tied with Trump by just attacking him on the stuff he's doing. There, there's just nothing there that uh, is strong enough from a Trump perspective and libertarian perspective for us to support him. Uh, we're losing the kids. 50% of kids think capitalism is bad, according to a, a new study. And the Democratic Socialists of America have quintupled their uh, membership since uh, Trump has come in. So I, I think by supporting Trump now for Rothbardian to support Trump, it is stabbing Murray Rothbard in the gut. It is ruining the Rothbard brand. And it just I, I have no idea why uh, why it should be. Um, uh, Trump should be supporting. It's terrible for Rothbardian. Bobby, I say your overall thesis here is that there's nothing libertarian about Donald Trump. There's many, many non-libertarian things about Donald Trump. And that the real danger you see is in in supporting Trump in any way from a libertarian standpoint, that will basically attach that libertarian branding to Donald Trump. And that will set things back even further than, than you know, if, if all we were doing was just only attacking him on, on the issues. Correct. If, if there was something where Trump was really libertarian on, we could say, hey, he's going to sort of eliminate this or eliminate that and, and make things good. But he's terrible on Fed, terrible on foreign policy, terrible on drugs, terrible on surveillance, just 
terrible across the board. And there's a split in the Rothbardian world as far as uh, immigration is concerned. But Walter and I are both on the side that would, would object to uh, what uh, Trump is doing as far as uh, immigration and kicking these kids out and, and families and everything else. I, I don't see any reason to support Trump. And he's ruining the Rothbard brand because the clever leftists are using that uh, against us. And the, and the kids who may want to learn about Rothbard for the first time, they go to that page now. You got an old Wilkerson uh, piece there and you got a new uh, John Gans piece who is really digging into Rothbard, but he's only presenting uh, things in a way that makes Rothbard look like a, uh, a racist, but if and ties him from uh, David Duke to Pat Buchanan to Trump. And if we attacked Trump aggressively, they wouldn't be able to do that. All right. Well, Walter, you, uh, I think during the Republican primary, you were actually the founder of the group called Libertarians for Donald Trump. So you've been sort of, uh, I mean, you have no illusions that he's a libertarian, but you've been sort of on, on the more pro-Trump side than, than otherwise. So that's why you're here speaking against this statement that Donald Trump is a disaster for libertarianism. So I will let you take the floor now. Bob tossed a lot of stuff out there. What is your response? Why is Donald Trump not a disaster for libertarianism? <laughs> Notice I'm not saying anything. Bob is very happy. <laughs> um, I not only uh, was instrumental in starting Libertarians for Trump, and we got about 5,000 signatories, but I also started uh, with several colleagues, um, uh, Scholars for Trump. The reason I wanted to do Scholars for Trump is because uh, during the election, uh, it was brooded about that only uh, redneck uh, idiots, uh, morons would support Trump. So I got a whole bunch of PA, well, not a whole bunch, just about 150 uh, people with PhDs or law degrees or medical degrees or some sort of um, indication that they're scholarly and, and not, um, you know, flyover country uh, type people. I think in some sense, Bob is right. He is a disaster. But, you know, there's this joke. Uh, the economist was asked, how is your wife? And the answer was, compared to what? Yeah, Donald is a disaster, but I tell you, every morning I wake up and Hillary is not our president, and I am deliriously happy. So the way I approach it is, I mean, if you compare uh, Donald Trump with um, uh, Murray Rothbard, or you compare Donald Trump with Bob, or with me, or with you, Mark, or you compare him with uh, Ron Paul, yeah, he's a disaster, of course. It goes without saying, and Bob makes a good case. But I think that the appropriate... Uh, thing is uh, not to say is he a disaster compared to Ron Paul and Murray Rothbard or any of the three of us, but rather is he a disaster compared to Hillary? And when you look at that, then uh, Donald starts looking um, good in some ways and bad in other ways. Now, I agree with Bob that in terms of foreign policy and nukes, uh, he might even be worse than Hillary, although at least Donald just wants to nuke uh, North Korea, maybe. Uh, Hillary, I think, wanted to nuke Russia, which is uh, a little different. I don't say she would have, but, uh, you know, she was talking about Russia is evil, Russia is evil, whereas Donald uh, can sort of get along with um, uh, Vladimir Putin. So even on the nuke thing, yes, he's a disaster, but compared to Hillary, I mean, Hillary, uh, I, I just don't trust her, and I'm sure Bob would uh, agree with me. You know, Bob is no Hillary fan either. Yes, uh, he's a dumb statist. I mean, who could deny that? Uh, Bob uh, put his finger on that. Uh, as for the, the appointments to the uh, Fed, I mean, to me, uh, Hillary wouldn't be so great on the Fed either. 
who knows what Hillary would do on the Fed, but, you know, she's not going to appoint Ron Paul on the Fed. She's not going to appoint me on the Fed, and I would try to get rid of it. I mean, when Alan Greenspan took it over, I thought that he would work to get rid of the Fed, but he didn't. So to me, it's, it's not a question, a, a marginal question, well, what will the Fed do? Will it be better or worse? The key is, you know, should we have it or not? And, and both Donald and Hillary want to have a Fed. Yes, uh, Bob is correct on the military and on trade uh, and on marijuana. Uh, he, he is correct on all these things. But, you know, the transgender bathroom, yes, it's not that important, but it's symbolic. And it's very symbolic of political correctness. Bob, I ask you, at least admit that, that Donald is magnificent on one thing, political correctness. He is magnificent on political correctness. Now, I'm in a university where political correctness is much more uh, part and parcel of the uh, situation. Bob is not, so he might not appreciate the cancerousness of political I mean, correctness. I live in San Francisco, just for everything. I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear you, Bob. I live in San Francisco, so I, uh, I know about I take it back. I take it back. San Francisco is one big university. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but surely Bob should agree with me that on political correctness, I mean, a shithole country, you're not going to find Hillary saying anything like that. And yet that's the way most people speak. I mean, you know, look, suppose I uh, said that I'm kicking you out of this country and you can go to Haiti or to Norway. Which country are you going to go to? Well, you know, you're not going to Haiti. I mean, Haiti is a, a, a country with great, great problems, and Norway is uh, one with many, many fewer problems. And Probably better but, beaches than Haiti. That's true. Uh, Haiti's got better beaches, but still. Depends on what you're looking for. <laughs> um, now, uh, about this... Um, uh, tax policy. I think that's pretty good. It's true. It would have been better if uh, coupled with reducing taxes, he's reducing expenditure. I agree with Bob there. But better to reduce, given that we have to keep expenditures the way they are, for some reason, don't ask. Is it better to reduce taxes or not? Yeah, it's better to reduce taxes. And also, uh, by not allowing states to, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, cost out their uh, taxes against the federal, namely deduct, what you're really doing is uh, shooting a, a little um, bullet over the bow of the ship um, Illinois or the ship uh, New Jersey or the ship Connecticut California, right or here, California. Here. Uh, you see, right now, these states, uh, the, the, the high tax states, what they do is they keep raising taxes and they, it doesn't cost them anything. But if you can only deduct 10000 or some small amount, well, then they're not going to be able to get away with that. And, and these um, uh, blue states, California, New Jersey, uh, Illinois, um, Connecticut, uh, are horrible. And, and this uh, tax policy is very good. Uh, now, uh, education department. Uh, Betsy DeVos is great. Here again, uh, I might have an inner track vis-a-vis uh, -vis Bob, even though he lives in, in the uh, College of San Francisco. What they do now on college campuses is, is if a girl complains that a boy harassed her uh, before Betsy DeVos got on board um, with uh, Barack Obama, and I'm sure Hillary would have been a Barack Obamaite on this, uh, they don't, it's very unfair to the accused. He can't confront the, uh, his accuser. Uh, there's no uh, presumption of innocence. Uh, there's a presumption of guilt, and you have to overcome that. Betsy DeVos uh, uh, is magnificent on that. Of course, we should get rid of the Department of Education and we shouldn't have a Betsy DeVos, but given that we've got one, better that uh, Donald is filling that spot with uh, Betsy than, than uh, whoever Hillary would have picked. Then there's uh, growth. 
we, we've uh, had uh, 3.1% growth. Now, it's true you can't credit the president for that. But on the other hand, everyone always does. And under Barack, the, the growth rate was very low. And under Hillary, I assume it would have been uh, as low, if not lower. So do you attribute some of that to the presidency? I don't really. But still, the, the way the major media, my buddies at the New York Times and everyone else, what they do is they, they give the president the credit or the discredit. Uh, you know, Jimmy Carter had high inflation, so it's Jimmy's fault. And uh, so I have to say it with an asterisk. Uh, you can't really give him credit. On the other hand, the, if uh, Hillary was um, uh, if we had three point plus growth uh, under Hillary, everyone would have given Hillary credit for it. So let's be fair. Uh, you know, if we enter this realm, let's give Donald credit. Then business regulations. It's true, uh, uh, you know, he, he really wanted to, re uh, for every new regulation, he wanted to get rid of 20. I don't think he got rid of 20, but I think he got rid of two or three, uh, which is magnificent. Then there's the oil pipeline. Uh, under Barack Obama, no more oil pipeline, no more drilling, no more nothing. Under um, uh, my man Donald, uh, yes. Uh, then uh, Gorsuch. Uh, compare Gorsuch with uh, the guy, I forget the guy's name, who, um, uh, what's his name, um, Barack would have appointed to the Supreme Court. Gorsuch is, he's not a libertarian, but, you know, he's pretty good. And then the UN. Uh, Donald is uh, 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 deprecating the UN, whereas Hillary and Barack, uh, you know, love the UN. So I think... Uh, you know, and, and as for socialism, you know, there, there's that old aphorism. Uh, if a young man uh, at 20 years old is not a socialist, he has no heart. If he's still a socialist at 50, he's got no brain. So the youth is always uh, socialistic. And here again, I think I have an inner track from Bob. I have freshman students. He doesn't, although everybody in San Francisco is like that. And, you know, they're all a bunch of pinko commies and what the heck. But uh the youth is always like that. And, you know, it's our job to uh, wean them away from that. And hopefully uh, this debate uh, will, uh, in small part, uh, contribute to that good uh, good effect. So, Walter, I'd say you two are, are looking at things in, in a slightly different way, whereas on a lot of these points, you might agree. And I'll give Bob a chance to counter some of the, the points you just made in a second. But I, I think from your perspective, you say, you know, it. it a lot of the things that are bad, you agree are bad, but you would say those would be equally bad if Hillary were elected. So we can kind of cancel those out and that there are a significant number of other areas, as you pointed out, there where Trump is so significantly better that it's worthy of at least some amount of praise. And and, and you would say that that doesn't really is not counteracted by the potential negativity of from the sort of the marketing standpoint of associating that libertarianism name with Donald Trump, which is, I think, Bob's biggest word in this whole thing um, that that all the negatives like like his support for the war on drugs support for um, strict immigration and that sort of thing will put will attach that sort of stuff with the libertarian brand um, so do, do you have that that same concern at all about attaching some of his negatives with libertarianism by having libertarians for Trump scholars for Trump that sort of thing well I I, I just wanted to add one more thing I forgot uh, sure. moving the uh, base from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem I think is um, a, a great thing Hillary never would have done that either and I applaud the Donald for that look well, I don't do you think that's good from a libertarian aspect. I'm just curious. Well, you know, every country gets to determine what its capital is. You know, uh, England, it's London. Uh, France, it's Paris. Uh, you know, uh, the Norway, it's Oslo. And why shouldn't the uh, uh, Israel be able to say, well, this is our capital? 
Uh, I think, you know, to treat Israel like any other country is more libertarian than to treat uh, Israel as some sort of pariah state. And uh, why distinguish Israel? I mean, I don't know how many countries there are in the UN, maybe 250 or so. And every one, every last one of them gets to pick which its capital is. Israel doesn't. Well, Donald is treating Israel like other countries, and I think that's sort of libertarian-ish in the sense that I think Israel is a legitimate country insofar as these things go. Now, I'm a, an anarchist. I don't think any countries are legitimate, but if we're going to lower ourselves to the debate uh, under which countries are legitimate, God forbid, well, Israel should be uh, legitimate too. Now, I don't think there's any danger of uh, people saying, well, you know, Donald is a libertarian, Donald is an idiot, therefore libertarians are idiots, and I'm against libertarianism. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that that's just made out of the whole cloth. I mean, anecdotally, I, I have seen people, maybe it's different because, like Bob, I live out here in California, I'm in Los Angeles, I run into a lot of people who will even say, oh, who will, will actually make the connection between Donald Trump and libertarians. I don't know if they followed your work and seen libertarians for Donald Trump, but there's a lot of that attitude of, you've, you've all seen the joke. You know, Paul, Ryan, Rand, Paul, and Ayn Rand walk into a bar and uh, they all die of alcohol poisoning because there's no regulations. It seems like a lot of people do tend to lump now Donald Trump sort of in that same cat, that broad category of we're the ones that are for free markets, free markets are bad, and that sort of thing. So I've seen some anecdotally, obviously, some, okay. some amount of that. But yeah, if, but, if but, I could, I could get, get in here, you know, yeah, come on. Uh, a few things. Walter, what, what do you, you, you mentioned Gorsuch as a, uh, a plus for uh, for Trump. What do you think of Gorsuch's famous 2005 paper? Uh, could you uh, elaborate on that, Bob? I'm not familiar. Okay, that's the paper where he applauded the judicial restraint of the Supreme Court uh, during FDR uh, with regard to the New Deal. And he also said that Congress has the right to experiment with economic and social policy, which strikes oh. me completely against libertarian perspective. Look, we're comparing Gorsuch with who Hillary would have nominated. And Hillary, I'm we didn't win. You know, I, Walter, I have to say, you know, I let you go on with this Hillary thing. Hillary lost. Hillary is an old lady in 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 uh, Westchester County who ba barely can stand up. I mean, she's we, the, the state right now is Donald Trump is president and he's terrible on many, 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 many things. And what he's doing is he's co-opting people, and including you with regard to a number of things. First of all, one, one thing with regard to Hillary is that the uh, uh, it's questionable whether she would nuke Russia. She was getting paid under the table more than Trump as far as Russia is concerned so with, with the uranium deal. So I, I don't see that that uh, as a plus. And it's, uh, by the way, your, uh, your fellow founder of the Libertarians for Trump, who's the uh, philosopher uh, Paul Gottfried, put out a uh, paper just the other day where he said that he doesn't think there's, there's much sense to a populist movement in the United States. And he lists various uh, reasons why, but he doesn't think it can work here in the United States. So, so it sort of knocks out that whole idea of, of aligning with Trump. But the, the, we have to get back to the fact that, you know, your, your parlor ideologue, mentor, Murray Rothbard is being stabbed by the left libertarians and, uh, and leftists in general because of the alliance that some Rothbardians have with Trump. He's just bad across the board. I mean, he really is. And if, if you look at it from a strategic, we can, we can agree that 
And again, Hillary is not president. Uh, Mitt Romney isn't president. Jeb Bush isn't president. Rand Paul isn't president. Donald Trump is president. So basically what we have to look at is what is strategic, what, what is the best way for libertarians, especially Rothbardian libertarians, to position themselves now. And I don't really see any any value in positioning with Trump because he's just bad on, on almost everything. And we've got a situation where uh, it's it's hurting it because, you, you again, you Google Mario Rothbard on the front page of Google. You've got two negative pieces. One was before Trump, but this new Gans piece came out. There's other stuff coming out. And they're doing this uh, David Duke to Pat Buchanan to Trump thing, which could be completely wiped out if all Rothbardians now attack Trump. They couldn't make that. And Murray was strong on Pat Buchanan because of his foreign war position, which is completely different than Trump's. And as we know, you, you were in some kind of sub-Trotskyite group with, with Murray. Murray jumped around. Murray, Murray was a Trotskyite. He defended Black Panthers, uh, Stokely Carmichael, Bobby Seale. He um, uh, defended Joe McCarthy for a while, then flipped on Joe McCarthy. He was never stuck on somebody. And he never, as, as far as I know, ever defended a president when he was in office, even though we sometimes he had a quote-unquote rooting interest in one president or not. He, he smashed them. He smashed Ronald Reagan, by the way, whose tax cuts were five times greater than uh, what, what Trump had here. And, and again, I don't, I don't really buy, uh, I think it's a sleight of hand. If, if government isn't cut, that money's just coming out a, a different direction. It'll hurt us in other ways. But Murray smashed Reagan, whose tax cuts were much more than uh, Trump's. And, and that comes straight from the David Stockman, who was at the Office of Management and Budget at the time. It, it just, from a, from a branding strategic perspective, it makes no sense to support Trump here. Go for it, Walter. Well, um, I, I think, uh, you know, if you uh, shove, now I was going to say, if you shove Hillary down my throat, uh, I meant if you preclude me from mentioning- <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants that visual. No, no, we, we don't like that. <laughs> if you preclude me from mentioning Hillary in, in the sense that she's an old lady has been, well, then we really have no debate, Bob. I mean, you know- the, Well, I think the point there is, you know, prior to the election- you know, there are definitely arguments one way or another. I've heard decent arguments for both sides why Hillary might be a better result. Uh, Trump might have been a better result. But I think Bob's point here is now that the election's over, you know, there's no sense in choosing a side, uh, you know, pragmatically because we're already here. Now that we're here with Donald Trump, we just should just analyze him strictly from a libertarian perspective, which which you are. I think you are doing in a sense, too. But you're just you don't you think that the the positives that you've pointed out and we can we can delve into some of them a little more. Maybe there are some that Bob doesn't think are as positive as you do. You think those would outweigh any sort of negativity that you know, that might come with the association. But let me ask you this, Walter. Do you agree with those articles that are coming out that are saying uh, Rothbardians are racist because there's a David Duke, Patrick Cannon, Donald Trump line. You can follow a direct line of thinking. Well, I've got like five different things on my on my pad here. Uh, I, I'm glad we're we're doing this on video because it's, it's kind of fun to watch a Walter yeah. furiously scribble notes. <laughs> As I was saying, if if you take look, my ace in the hole here is Hillary. 
if you uh, preclude me from mentioning Hillary on the ground that she's not president, we're not going to have much of a debate because then I agree. Uh, Donald Trump is a disaster. You know, let's end the debate right now. But, but, Walter, let me just finish. Uh, I think you've had more time than me now. Um, l- let me just get a, a minute or two to get some of these things off my pad. Uh, <laughs> Let's whittle down that notepad a little. Look, like take Gorsuch. Is Gorsuch Ron Paul? Is Gorsuch um, uh, Murray Rothbard? Is Gorsuch one of the three of us? No, he's not. So, uh, yes, Gorsuch is a disaster from libertarianism also. I agree with Bob. We have no debate. Unless you allow me to say, look, who was uh, Barack Obama going to nominate for the Supreme Court? I forget the guy's name. He was a a Bernie Sanders kind of guy. Do we really need another Bernie Sanders kind of guy on the Supreme Court where it's a, a 4-4-1 right now uh, and, and Gorsuch is on, on the good four, on, on the, the good four? Well, you know, from a libertarian point of view, I admit Gorsuch is not a libertarian. He, too, is a disaster. But if you're going to look at it in some sort of comparative way, well, then I think I have a very strong case. Now, if you're going to say, well, I can't compare anything with anything, I just have to, you know, t- look at, you know, uh, the horses wear those uh, what are blinders or whatever it is. And I just have to look at Donald Trump and what he's done. Yes, he's a disaster. No debate. So if you want to have a debate, guys, you got to let me uh, talk about uh, uh, the alternative. What could have happened? What would have happened? That sort of a thing. OK, secondly, uh strategy. I think the proper strategy now is to not engage in Trump derangement syndrome, where no matter what Trump does, it's no good. But to say, look, Trump is good on uh, policies one, three, five, and seven, and he's horrible on policies two, four, six, and eight. We don't pull any uh, punches. We don't say, I love Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the greatest uh, since sliced bread. We say that he's very, very good on uh, political correctness and uh, pipelines and Bessie DeVos and Gorsuch. Uh, and he's very bad on nukes and, and very bad on, on uh, free trade. Uh, I, I think that's a, a proper way of dealing with it. Now, on the racism question, you know, racism nowadays, it used to be if you're a racist, it was bad. But now, at least on college campuses, and I'm sure in San Francisco, if anyone disagrees with anyone on anything, they're either a fascist or a racist. The, the word is almost, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, lost all of its value. So, yes, uh, I'm a racist in the sense that I think um, whites are superior in certain things. I'm a white super- supremacist. Of course, I'm a black supremacist, too, because I think blacks are supreme in other areas. So this whole thing about white supremacists and racism and stuff, we, didn't, we libertarians, we don't have to swallow that crap. We uh, we agree that there, there are differences between the races, that there are races. Uh, some people say not, not even any different races. Uh, look, um, uh, yes, I agree with Bob wholeheartedly that the reason Murray supported Donald uh, uh, David Duke got nothing to do with race. It was because he was on, on other areas of foreign policy and, and uh, limiting government. He was pretty good. Uh, I, I agree with Bob there. So, again, uh, I think the proper strategy from libertarians who Donald Trump is our only president right now. And the proper strategy is, yes, he's good on uh, policies one, three, five and seven. He's bad on two, four, six and eight. He's very bad. And let's focus not only on the bad, but on both, which is what I'm trying to do. Hey, guys, you might remember that I recently said that this is the libertarian moment and that we need more people to stand up and run for office. 
Now, if you're tired of watching liberty erode and you plan to stand up and run for office, I want you to call on a team that has over 20 years' experience, Global Alliance Communications. They specialize in data analytics, identifying and mobilizing voters. They offer live voter outreach, data acquisition, compliance, recorded messages, text messaging with full social media touchpoints, and teletown halls. Campaigns of all types and sizes are encouraged to reach out, and you can find out more by visiting their website at www.gacigroup.com or email info at gacigroup.com. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty. Rock and roll. Uh, Bob, are, 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 are there any areas I'm wondering, and you can respond whatever you, you want to reply here as well, but I mean, are there any areas that Walter has pointed out, uh, just for the sake of this, this debate here, that er- that Walter has pointed out that are positives of Trump? I know you are you don't think the Supreme Court thing is that great a thing, um, but what about like the, the regulations? Do you think that his cutting of regulations is is definitely like better than what we would have if Hillary had won? Are, are there areas you would concede to Walter that, that are actually better than they would be? You just wouldn't say that those those areas would supersede, you know, your, the negative associations that you're seeing. I, I agree. If, if Trump does something positive, he, he should be hailed for that. And as a matter of fact, I'm looking for it right now. I, I wrote a piece called, uh, dear Mr. President, you are right. And, uh, I forget what, what it, what, what, what it was about. But. And you, you can send me any links as well. And I'll, I'll post them in the show notes for the show too. So people can, can check all this stuff out that we mentioned. Okay. Anyways, I, I did, I have no problem hailing Trump uh, when, when he's when he's good on issues. I just don't think there are, there are that many. And I'm a little bit suspicious of this uh, decrease in uh, regulation because I, I think it has a lot to do with um, uh, the, the oil sector, and it's really not from a libertarian perspective. So, so I think it's more a case of uh, it, it being uh, – the federal government coming in and defining rights for the oil sector versus what what it would be in a libertarian society where it would be based upon private property rights. I, I don't think that's what's going on. Uh, as a matter of fact, with regard to the uh, pipeline, I believe there's a lot of uh, uh, eminent domain going on there. And then there's also with regard to the drilling rights, there's questions about whose property it is and all that. So this deregulation is not really deregulation. It's a shift in the way the federal government is defining uh, how it's going to regulate. So so I think that's uh, that's something that needs to be considered very, very carefully. 
it's 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 not not just a clear uh, case of uh, deregulation there. What, what were you praising Trump for in that article that you mentioned? All right, let me let me see if I can find that. You know, it's going to take. Well, a while while he's searching, let me uh, mention this eminent domain business. You know, I just wrote with my co-authors a defense of Israel against Murray Rothbard, who was very much against Israel. And the first paragraph, we said we're against Israel. We're against all governments. And now, uh, if if we if we stop right now, we can't enter the debate. If you want to enter the debate about Israel, you have to say, well, we're minarchists or we're uh, uh, classical liberals. You, you can't take the point of view yeah. of anarchists because then you're against every government. Well, now let's take this pipeline thing. Yes, yes, Bob is absolutely right. From a pure libertarian point of view, we're against eminent domain. But eminent domain is not part of this debate. This, you have to, if you want to get into this debate, you have to say, yes, eminent domain is right. And I'm crossing my fingers here because uh, I don't want the ghost of Murray Rothbard to attack me. Uh, of course, eminent domain is, <laughs> is incompatible. And, and I, where, I, where I diverge from Bob's view is he takes the very meticulous point about Donald Trump. See, here's a debate between uh, the uh, Hillary and uh, Barack Obama people and the Trump people on oil pipelines. They all agree with eminent domain. So if you bring in a domain, you're not in this debate. Where they disagree is that Barack Obama doesn't like pipelines, period. And Hillary doesn't like pipelines, period. And Donald uh, uh, sees nothing wrong with pipelines. Well, I see nothing wrong with pipelines. But you have to get out of the eminent domain part. It's an unfair uh, criticism of Donald Trump to say, well, he believes in eminent domain. Everyone believes in eminent domain who's not a, a pure libertarian. So I, I think it's unfair. I think that this is part of Trump derangement syndrome, where you go in and you're very meticulous. You're an anarchist libertarian. You're against eminent domain. Fine. Okay, so everybody's bad. But now let's look at the debate that they're having. The debate they're having is not over eminent domain. Both sides agree with eminent domain. The debate is, should we have a, have a pipeline? And Donald's saying, there's nothing wrong per se with a pipeline. And the other people are pretty much saying, yes, there is. Well, pipelines are part of the free enterprise system. There's nothing uh, uh, a violation of the NAP per se. Yes, uh, uh, eminent domain. So here is a perfect example where Bob and I diverge. What he does is he looks at Donald Trump with these eyeglasses, these pure eyeglasses, and he finds Donald Trump wanting. And I agree with him. Donald Trump is wanting. But I say, Bob, leave off these eyeglasses. Let's look at Donald Trump without these eyeglasses and let's compare him with Hillary and Barack. Let's be realistic. And my God, Donald Trump starts looking a lot better. Now, Mark was asking, isn't there anything you can concede, Bob? Well, God, you got to concede that he's good on political correctness. Actually, I found the, uh, the article uh, January 10th, just uh, 10 days ago. Mr. President, you are right. And it's regard to uh, uh, Cone uh, promoting some type of infrastructure plan, and Trump was apparently uh, against it. And then, then it's interesting. I at the end, I, I said in this uh, open letter to Trump, I said, if you really want to know how to fix the nation's infrastructure, I recommend you uh, contact Dr. Block, author of Privatization of Privatization of Roads and uh, Highways. <laughs> and so, so I thank you, Bob. Not not only did I did I support uh, Trump on that, but I but I suggested uh, what um, a, a further direction he could go in the, the direction. When he, when he's going in the right direction, I have no problem with that. And, and, and 
I, you know, actually, I don't care what Trump's position is on Israel and Jerusalem. If that was the only objection uh, I had to to Trump, I wouldn't care. I would say promote the hell out of him because that's that's not something that the uh, the average person here in the United States really cares a lot about. And it's it's something that I'm most concerned about the students. In Murray Rothbard's uh, unpublished strategy paper, he was very, very much uh, focused on students. He even talked about, you know, we got to get the youth and we sort of have to have people close to the youth who are a little bit older to sort of guide them because us older guys can't do that. But the youth are young. He, he made it clear. Uh, I don't know. Walter, maybe you think you can convert Krugman and Stiglitz and all that to libertarianism sometimes <laughs> soon, but I don't think so. Okay. Or maybe Hillary. Maybe you think you can convert Hillary now that she sees all the good things Trump is doing. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's your thinking. But the, the key is that the kids, and it's a branding thing. You know, some things might be good. You could put all kinds of technical things about TVs when you want to market a TV, but what you want to do is create understand how to get people, how to grab them and how to brand them. And that's when we're not doing that by uh, promoting Trump. It's 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 shrinking the uh, available pool of students that will catch on and pay attention to this. And, and so basically, my point is, we got a lot more of an advantage by attacking Trump on the many, many, many things he's weak on, because these kids hate Trump to begin with, and they're looking for ideas and reasons to hate Trump, and we can give them solid libertarian reasons. And and that's what our, our where our efforts should be. Bob, you're really I think you're looking at things slight in, in slightly different ways here. Like I, it seems like to me that Bob, you're looking in in a very very big picture way. You're looking at how the the things we say and do today in relation to Donald Trump, in relation to um how we address him his actions, in relation to libertarianism, how those are going to affect sort of the youth today, the, the students, as you say, right. and how that's going to affect their development over the next you know 30, 40 years. How is that going to lead to a better libertarian society or not? Whereas I think Walter's looking at it as more of you know a scenario where two or three years from now maybe some really uh, very socialist politician like Elizabeth Warren or, is, or something like that is running for president and and in that case he thinks it's better for libertarians to all stay on this or not stay on obviously it's very split whether people are on them in the first place but to support Donald Trump because you know clearly in, in Walter's view he would be superior to say an Elizabeth Warren type so I mean do you even think in in the short term that if that scenario comes up in a couple of years would it be would you support Elizabeth Warren as a better scenario for libertarians? Or? Yeah, Mark, I think that's a very, very good question because I think it's Trump is pushing more and more people in the direction of socialism. So we're going to get those more socialist people uh, uh, coming up in the ranks because they're rejecting Trump as sort of the anti-socialist, even though he really isn't. He's just a, a dumb socialist. And so so what's happening is is. The, the left is really, really gaining from this. And, and again, you see it, the Democratic Socialists of America have quintupled their membership since Trump has become president. And, and the kids are 50% against capitalism. This is a, a, a poll that was taken by uh, Harvard University students across, uh, across college campuses. And, and you just see it everywhere. And that, that's the real danger, short-term and long-term, actually. And, uh, the, the key really is is to um, get in on that attack on Trump so these kids can see what a legitimate attack should be. You know, Walter published a, a piece at Lou Rockwell with regard to uh, Trump on Jerusalem, 
but yet he hasn't. I haven't seen anything on on Trump's trade policy, on his nuclear policy, or any of this other stuff from uh, from Walter. I mean, Trump needs to be attacked in ambush so kids can see a direction that Trump can be attacked from that is different from the the socialist perspective, and it also knocks off these lefty libertarians who are trying to destroy Rothbardians. So I think your big fear would be that that Trump turns so many people away from libertarianism and is so extreme, maybe in, in areas that that he's going to push people to more socialist ideas because that's the alternative they see. They don't see libertarianism as, as the alternative to Trump. Correct, but even more dangerous for us as Rothbardians is that turning us. They're turning people who might even be interested in libertarianism to lefty libertarianism versus Rothbardian stuff, and that's really, I mean. We're, we're killing the Rothbard brand by not attacking Trump. And it's just so easy. There's just not enough there that Trump is doing positive to uh, to not attack the guy. Walter, I'll let you respond. You know, Bob, it's a little uh, unfair to uh, criticize me for what I don't write. <laughs> you should only criticize me for what I do write. Uh, you say I don't attack uh, Trump. But I agree. just 10, 15 minutes ago, I agreed with you that he's a dumb statist. And that he's horrible on uh, marijuana, and that he's horrible on nukes, and he's horrible on this, and he's horrible. But but Bob, let, let me let me uh, let me go on for a minute or two. So I I I think that the uh, correct strategy is to applaud him for what he's good at and to criticize him for what he's not good at. And we have uh, a thing called specialization and division of labor. And um, I don't know. I I've uh, I've uh, specialized in defending him because of people like you, Bob, who are attacking him as, uh, you know, horrible uh, from a libertarian point of view. But uh, as I say, in in this uh, uh, discussion, I've uh, criticized him on five or six different things. But I don't want the discussion to be only on strategy. Strategy is important, but there's something else uh, that's also important, and that's the truth. We don't want to lie uh, just because it's uh, strategic, uh, uh, strategically uh, correct. Um, I think that you know the proper attitude of libertarianism is to, as I said before, is to applaud him for what he's good at and to criticize him for what he's bad at. And Bob's view is, I, I can't get anything out of Bob really. Uh, Mark, you're better than me at uh, getting something out of him that that Trump is good on something. I but I think if, if you just say that Trump is bad 100 percent on everything, this is so false. Uh, because we owe something to the truth as well. It may be better strategy. Let me concede um, hypothetically that it's better strategy to promote libertarianism to say Trump is bad on everything. I'm not going to do that because I think that's false. And I uh, adhere to the truth also. I'm not only interested in, in promoting liberty. I am interested in promoting liberty. And by the way, I think a better way to promote liberty is to always tell the truth. And if you lie and say, well, Trump is bad on every everything that you can imagine, well, that's not good strategically either. Uh, and as for converting Krugman and Hillary, yeah, I'd like to convert Krugman and Hillary. <laughs> Do I think there's a chance? Well, there's a chance in um, – snowball's chance in hell of, of doing it. But every once in a while, you do convert somebody who's 50 or 60 years old. Very, very rare. Much more likely that you convert somebody who's 22. But, uh, you know, we're open for business to everybody, and there's nothing wrong with trying to uh, c convince Hillary or Krugman or Bernie Sanders or anyone else uh, – uh, 
Pocahontas was mentioned. Isn't Pocahontas great? Who else is calling her Pocahontas? This is magnificent. This is uh, an attack on political correctness. Uh, Donald Trump has said many a time, political correctness is a lot of um, you know nonsense, and I'm not politically correct. Bob, you got to admit at least that he's good on political correctness. No, I I would say that on on political. Well, see, here's the thing: political correctness really doesn't have anything to do with uh, libertarianism per se, principled libertarianism. A- as you know, uh, Mario Rothbard said that libertarianism, very, very narrow political thinking, which is about the non-aggression principle. So whether somebody calls a country a shithole or not really doesn't have anything to do with uh, libertarianism. It's it's just a, a view opinion. It's You could call it free speech, or in our case, it would be free speech on private property, but but basically people, libertarians can hold different views on whether countries are shitholes or not. I, I'm not commenting one way or the other on that, but that's that's sort of moving stuff in, in the in the wrong direction. It's it's not not part of libertarianism. Libertarianism is is about allowing people to do whatever they want as long as there's not some kind of uh, violent threat or violent action. And uh, Bob, Bob, political correctness is cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism, like economic Marxism, is uh, uh, in the death throes with libertarianism. And and to not realize that uh, political correctness is relevant. Yes, you're right. You're right. You could be uh, politically correct and be a libertarian. But you know, again, I accuse you of wearing these meticulous eyeglasses, which I share. Uh, <laughs> move those glasses, Bob. Uh, you have to realize that cultural Marxism is uh, is uh, got its claws on the neck of libertarianism, and we've got to fight uh, cultural Marxism, even though cultural Marxism is not per se a violation of the NAP. You, you see, Bob, you are so meticulous about libertarianism when it comes to Donald Trump, and when it comes to other things, you're, you're, you're not that, that narrow, uh, narrowly focused. Now, I applaud narrow focus on libertarianism. I, I agree. But when we're having a debate about these sorts of things and to say, well, th- this guy isn't politically correct, uh, this guy isn't a pure libertarian, that guy's not a pure libertarian. Well, look, Ron Paul isn't a pure libertarian either. Murray Rothbard isn't a pure libertarian either. Namely, I'm a pure libertarian and I disagree with him on, you know, very meticulous small things. Well, not that small, like uh, abortion. Look, Murray Rothbard favored um, pro-choice. Ron Paul favored pro-life. I'm an evictionist. They're both wrong. And if I... if I were to follow your pattern, I would say, oh, Murray Rothbard's not a libertarian. Ron Paul's not a libertarian because they're wrong on this one thing. Sort of like this thing you were pulling with me on Gorsuch. Yes, Gorsuch wrote something somewhere, and it wasn't p- perfectly libertarian. Now, I regard that as uh, highly problematic in a debate over reality, political reality. Okay, so so again, my point is I would support Ron Paul 100% if he were president. If you were president, I would support you 100%, even, even though there might be an issue or two that I disagree with you on or Ron Paul on. So the point is that Trump is not anything like that. He's not advancing libertarianism. So if we look at it from a real politic perspective or if we look at it from a strategic perspective, which I think is more important, you, you, when you when you brand something, marketing people look and they study and they say, how are we going to attract people to this product? How are we going to get people to pay attention to this product? When when they pay millions of dollars to basketball players to wear different athletic shoes, it's not because they think the shoe is better because the 
athlete wears it. It's like, how are we going to get people to pay attention if they're not paying me a million dollars or you, Walter, to wear these shoes? And, and the only reason is, is because they understand branding and marketing and there's ways to attract people and there are ways not to attract people. And supporting Trump is just a very, uh, it's, it's just not a good way. The, 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 the mind of the kids is that Trump is bad, Trump's a buffoon, so on and so forth. So the minute you start uh, supporting him and then they go and Google Murray Rothbard and they hear all these goofy things about Rothbard being a racist. And there's a line from David Duke to Pat Buchanan to, to uh, Trump. It, it just destroys the brand. You, if you want the brand, you've got to go out there and you say, look, this is what's wrong with, because there's a lot wrong with Trump. And just from a branding perspective, not that we can't then go on and say, hey, by the way, you know, this cultural Marxist stuff is crazy. The Frankfurt School were really evil bastards. And this is what they try to do when it's sinking in all over the place. And this has to be turned around. That that has to be done. But it's how it's done. If To use Trump as the banner to defeat cultural Marxism on campus is never going to happen. Walter, I'll, I'll let you respond to uh, that statement there. And then after that, I, I do want to do some kind of closing statements because I think we're we're probably getting to a point where we might just start talking in, in a loop a little bit. But uh, if you want to respond specifically to that, you can. But I will end up giving you the last word because since I gave Bob the first word. But uh, if you want to respond to that now, you can. And then we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up. Well, let me let me uh, respond finally. Um, as you say, Bob got the first word. I'll get the last word. I'll just sum up now because it's almost an hour and we are repeating ourselves a bit. Look, the reason I started Libertarians for Trump and Scholars for Trump was to get him vis-a-vis -vis Hillary. I don't support him anymore. I, I'm not a, a, a Ron Paul supporter. Rather, I'm advocating when he does something good, we say it's good. When he does something bad, we say it's bad. A Donald Trump supporter, you mean, right? Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're still a Ron Paul supporter. So I'm, I'm a Ron Paul supporter. Well, uh, I, wouldn't, abortion. <laughs> I wouldn't be if I adopted Bob's uh, views because Ron Paul is not a perfect libertarian, and then I would focus on where we disagree. But I, I don't – I'm not anymore a Donald Trump supporter. I'm now a Donald Trump evaluator. And I evaluate him from a libertarian point of view, and I note that there are certain things that he's very, very bad on. Nukes, for example, free trade, uh, those would be uh, two of the worst things. Uh, the military, the Fed, uh, marijuana. I acknowledge he's very bad on those things. On the other hand, I think he's very good on the educational department, on regulation, on pipelines, on cultural Marxism, on Gorsuch, uh, and a few other things. So I'm, I'm not a Donald Trump supporter anymore. You know, sometimes people... Um, write to me and they say, well, what's happening with uh, Scholars for Trump? What's happening with Libertarians for Trump? And I write back, it's over. He won. We're no longer supporters of him. We were only supporters of him vis-a-vis -vis Hillary. Now we're Will you reignite those organizations um, like in the uh, 20, you know, in 2019 or so when we have another election coming up? If he if he decides to run do you, and we see someone like an Elizabeth Warren, do you think you'll get back into that mode of, of active support as opposed to just uh, you're evaluating? Yes, if if uh, if uh, Hillary uh, if Hillary or Barack uh, Mrs. Barack or uh, what's her name that black um, uh, uh, actress um, oh, Oprah uh, Oprah or uh, uh, I would love to see Walter Block evaluate Oprah. I, I, I look forward or, to that. Or, 
or Pocahontas or or any of those guys run against Donald, again, I will, um, uh, with my colleagues, uh, reinstitute Libertarians for Trump and Scholars for Trump. But right now, Donald is our only president, and I support uh, Bob in saying we've got to criticize him when he's bad, and I think where where Bob and I diverge, I think we got to support him where he's good. So that would be my final statement. And I, I just wanted to say one more thing, that I am a big fan of, uh, of Bob Wenzel. He's got these two um, blogs. Each one is better than the other. I'm not going to uh, not going to discuss which one is better. One is on economics. One is on libertarianism, and they're both exquisitely good. And I recommend uh, both of them to all people listening uh, to this um, uh, interview to this debate. All right. Well, Walter, I know I said I give you the last word, but since you since you took the the, uh, the closing statement, I will let Bob you know get any final words he has in on on this. Yeah. Well, I want to say that last part of Walter's closing statement, I I, I agree with there <laughs> wholeheartedly. Yeah. But 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 I but I did uh, put out a uh, yes, Mr. President, you are correct on uh, on a, on an infrastructure when he when he thought the the program wouldn't work, and he seems to be vacillating on uh, private. Uh, public-private partnerships, which he does not think will work also. So I do support him on that. I just don't think there's enough there to support him wholeheartedly in that I just think he's just bad for, for uh, especially Wathbardian libertarians, to, uh, to support him. We, we, sh- we need to do more in attacking him so the kids can see there's a reason to attack uh, Trump that comes from a uh, non-socialist perspective. And, and then we get into the cultural Marxist stuff. I just don't think we're going to catch the kids by attacking cultural Marxists in, in that first swipe. I mean, not that we 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 uh, hide the fact that Trump is is positive on cultural Marxism. We say we can say, hey, he's good because he said this because everybody should have their own views and there's nothing wrong with that view. Uh, or or there, uh, I don't want to say there's nothing wrong. Or I, I don't want to hold a position on that that view in, in this debate, but. That that essentially is um, uh, is my view. I, I just think it's mostly a branding problem and also maybe a short term problem because it, it, we're going to see a wave of Democrats. It looks right now winning in the midterms, and if that carries over to uh, 2020, it's going to be a very very disaster. It's going to be a more socialist country. And then I want to close. Uh, you know, Walter, you said some kind things about me, but I also want to say that uh, Mark here at uh, Libertarians for Liberty has done a really great job. His podcasts are really excellent. And Lions of Liberty. The show, we are libertarians also, and for liberty. So you're yeah. all, it's all correct. And and before the show, you were telling me, Mark, about your uh, your Pride program, yes. Pride group uh, of donators, and you're up to seven fifty uh, a month. Yeah, or, we just uh, we just passed. Hopefully, by the time this airs, it'll be even higher. But we did just sur- surpass seven hundred and fifty bucks a month, and uh, our next goal is to hit a thousand bucks a month. And then we're going to travel the world, and uh, maybe not the world, but the country to start, and you know, do some remote stuff and stuff like that. So Mark has told me when he gets to that thousand, that's going to enable him to travel to to different libertarian events, and uh, maybe we'll do this live in person next time. Hey, great, great <laughs> idea. So. I urge any listeners here, Mark's a good guy and he's a good guy to send money to. And uh, he's the kind of guy we want promoting the, the libertarian message out there. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. 
I want to add to that and say uh, that Mark has been a very, very good uh, moderator of this because usually the moderator just says, okay, you speak now, you speak now, you shut up. And I appreciate, I'm sure I speak for Bob here as well, that Mark uh, attempted to do a little bit more than that to bring out uh, some of the views that we're uh, taking to get us to elaborate it. So I think uh, Bob and I would uh, agree that uh, Mark did an excellent job in this uh, debate. Well, thank you both. This is my favorite part of the show where everybody praises me. So I'm a big fan of that. So I appreciate uh, both of you guys taking your time out of your day here in the middle of the day on Saturday. I'm sure there's all many other things we could be out doing, but uh, instead us uh, nerdy libertarians are here just talking about libertarianism. And uh, I think our hearts, so to speak, are all in the right place. We all want to see a more libertarian, more free society. We might just have some uh, different approaches to getting there, but I appreciate both of your time, gentlemen. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll be in touch. And and I just want to thank Walter because he's always great. We we both love to debate it's 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 in us and we we enjoy it and like walter says we're we agree on 99.9 percent of everything and uh it's it's fun to sort of diddle around the edges here exactly that's what libertarians like to do we like it to nitpick on that 0.01 percent and you know that's where the fun happens if you have 10 libertarians in a room you get 11 different opinions <laughs> <laughs> exactly take care guys Whoa, boy. <laughs> that was a blast. I had fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that very lively exchange about uh, a topic that seems to come up a lot in libertarian circles. I mean, uh, I try to play things uh, as even-keeled as I can. I certainly see some positives of Donald Trump, but I see a lot of the negative possibilities of associating him with the libertarian brand. I, I certainly see that argument as well, but I was happy to host uh, the always lively Walter Block and Robert Winsell on the show, and I really do appreciate the, the kind words that they had uh, uh, about myself and about the program and also about, you know, Robert was nice enough to promote the Lions of Liberty Pride, so I don't really need to do too much of that, but of course you can join by heading over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. You might have heard us mention that we were just over $750 a month. That was at the time of recording this interview, which was about a week before it aired, a week before you're hearing it right now. Currently, as of today's recording, we're sitting at $816 a month, which, if my math is correct, means that we are just $184 a month away from that $1,000 goal to send us to Porkfest with our man Roger Paxson to do some podcasts, to be on some panels, to just uh, travel around the country and go to various libertarian events. That's what we're going to start doing as soon as we hit that $1,000 goal. So again, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support to check out all the benefits of being in the Pride. Of course, the best benefit is you get to uh, listen to all the bonus content, including the Conspiracy Corner. We just had a fun one a couple weeks ago where we talked about all the weird stuff going on in Antarctica. We also had the very contentious episode of the League of Liberty podcast where uh, Chris Spangle of We Are Libertarians and Roger Paxton got into it in just a little bit. So again, to check this stuff out, you got to join the Lions of Liberty Pride, lionsofliberty.com slash support. And if you want to just give us a one-time donation, you don't want that monthly commitment, that's cool too. There are several ways you can do that. You can send us a fiat currency via PayPal. There's a link right there on the homepage of lionsofliberty.com. You cannot miss it. You can also send us cryptocurrency in the form of a one-time donation. We have all of our crypto addresses over at lionsofliberty.com slash donate. So many ways that you can help support the show. Of course, the easiest way you can support the show without spending a dime is to leave us a five-star rating and a great review on iTunes. I cannot express enough how much that helps us boost our rankings on iTunes, gets us more visibility. That stuff really helps. So if you don't have a dime to spend and you still love the show and want to support us, I encourage you to go leave a rating and review 
review on iTunes, or if you've already done that, Stitcher, uh, anywhere you can really, really talk more about us and s- send the show to people and say good words. Of course, all of that helps, but iTunes is the main place, the main hub for podcasts at this point still, so that's that's the number one spot to hit. Again, guys, thank you so much for all the re- support we've received uh, this year. Uh, we've already been just overwhelmed by the amazing amount of support we've gotten from our listeners. Thank you so much. Again, tune in this coming Wednesday to Brian McWilliams with Electric Liberty Land, and again, John Odermatt this coming Friday with his weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. Until next time, folks, live long and live free.